0: so I gave 300 bucks to somebody and I forget their name. Yeah. And to me that just said, there's no, no brands out there, no relationships out there. And it, it got me really excited.
1: Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. You know, Michael, I don't even care. I'm just starting it this way. I'm hitting record. I don't care if the intro is that great. So on that note, welcome to the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast. Guys, my name is Bobby Walker. I'm so excited to have you. And today we have yet another amazing guest, Michael Kaplan. We're gonna get to him in a minute. So Mike, you just sat there, continue to look pretty for everyone watching on video. And if you're listening on audio, just know you are missing out. Um, And I'm just gonna just say it for all the video guys. Let me just point it out. I've got a red spot on the end of my nose. You can call me Rudolph this episode. I'm kind of secure with it. I'm kind of not, so I'm bringing it up but I'm glad you're here. Nonetheless, it's like 9.15 in the evening and we're starting this conversation and Michael promised me, he's like, Bob, we're gonna have like a Joe Rogan experience kind of conversation today. It's gonna be cool. But before we get into all that, I wanna thank you guys. I've been asking for iTunes reviews and you guys are delivering, so thank you so much for that. And if you're listening to this and you get some value from this podcast, just go on iTunes, leave me a review, And you you will warm my heart and make me sleep better at night. And, um, well, I guess that's all I got. So I'm going to get right into it. Michael Kaplan, uh, today's guest, up in Minneapolis. Is that right? (laughs) Yep. Minneapolis, baby. Minneapolis. Uh, Now, I don't know Mike ultra well, but I will tell you, I, I've, I've got to know him pretty well over the last few months. Um, he is one of my new business partners, which is actually really cool. So in this podcast, usually when I have a guest on, we're talking more about the guest and all that stuff. But this time, I think we're going to talk about a combination of like what Mike does and how it has tied into what I'm doing. Because I've had a lot of you guys that have been curious when I've mentioned that we brought on some investors and partners into the business. So Michael Dalkey is really good friends and uh and a business partner with mr Kaplan here They have uh what is it Booyah? Uh, you guys just changed the name, so i don't know what's what's the name of the booyah capital partners booyah capital partners all right so they just changed the name to that and uh so gonna... <laughs> i love it's so funny because that dalky all the time on boxer he's like booyah anytime i talk to him so i can see where that came from but we're, we're just going to kind of talk about like what brought us together um and i'm actually excited about this episode because Dalkey is the guy that i actually know better you know i've, I've been talking to him for months and and I've got to know him better so so uh, cap, I'm really looking forward to this episode and just kind of like two guys just bearing our souls to the world here and talking about like life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, business, just uh, everything. The only thing we're missing is we promised each other and we let each other down as we said we were gonna be about three or four beers into it before we started recording. but you've got kids. I've got a life, you know, we just couldn't make that happen this evening. But next time, rain check. We'll we'll call time out
0: halfway through and, uh, you know, a couple shots of Jamie and we'll be all right.
1: Okay. Works for me. So man, Michael, tell us, uh, tell the listeners just a little bit about who you are. Um, you know, give us the, the kind of the overview, you know, not, not the nitty gritty, but, uh, where you were born. Uh, tell us all about your mom's favorite, um, television shows the your favorite thing that she ever cooked um stuff like that you know i don't know i'm, I'm being kind of silly and cheesy here, but just tell us a little bit about you man let us get to know you
0: well i grew up in saint paul minnesota and uh, never thought i'd leave but kind of got coaxed into a small liberal arts school kind of it is it you can barely notice it uh, <laughs> lean into
1: the camera. Oh man, pop is it! Terrible, yeah. I it's, know I it is beautiful. We're talking about the spot <laughs> on my nose. <laughs> you can't leave it alone. I can't no, uh, stop. All right, carry on. This is going to be one of your class years. I'm just going to hold. Episodes. I'm going to hold this coke coke can right here while you talk. It looks about the same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I grew
0: up in St. Paul. I, I went to college in the Northeast, and. Uh, Came back home a couple years later. Um, I was uh, in between. Uh, I, I was a barbecue judge in Atlanta, Georgia, um, on the Memphis MA barbecue circuit, helped judge the world championship in 2003. Um, I can't cook for shit, but uh, I love to eat my barbecue. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a glutton for ribs. Who doesn't love ribs, right? Yeah. Um, favorite thing my mom cooks. she makes a mean tenderloin. She really does. Uh, tenderloin and potatoes. Um, I'm a Sagittarius, uh, like long walks on the beach. Favorite is purple.
1: Okay. I, yeah. Sagittarius lost me with that one. Is is that the people that like the walks on the beach or? I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. December nineteenth. There we go. Okay. Fair enough. I'm a Gemini. I have no idea what that means, but uh, whatever. So so long walks walks on the beach. What, what kind of degree did you get in school? <laughs> I studied
0: philosophy and economics. Oh,
1: um, philosophy and, then, and economic. uh, How many people did that? How many people had that double uh, uh, double major or major? Um,
0: you know, it, it wasn't a, a built uh, pre program curriculum. I just ended up taking a lot of courses in both. And um, kind of like the idea of um, learning about the progression of thought, uh, progression of ideas, um, both political, philosophical, and economic. Um, and just kind of pulled it together. And then, um, mm-hmm. that led me to thinking about opening up, uh, some Jimmy John's out in Boston, really? uh, which led me to law school. Um, so no sandwiches went to law school <laughs> instead, which of course that led me into carpet cleaning,
1: Which is the natural progression, basically philosophy, yeah. economics, sandwiches, law school carpets. I mean, that's a pretty uh, yeah, it, uh, story told a it, hundred times over. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a bestseller, right? What, you know. uh, no, it just, I,
1: I was always entrepreneurial.
0: I always knew I wanted to start a business. I didn't know exactly what that would look or feel like. And um, went to law school as an alternative to an MBA. Hmm. Uh, wanted to get ahead on my shoulders and kind of figure things out uh, as I was kind of plotting to take over the world. And uh, wrote a bunch of business plans, bunch of crappy business plans um and the first model i came across was actually completely upside down but it was a turnaround of a uh dysfunctional carpet cleaning franchise i thought boy how hard could service be you know it's it's a couple of trucks a couple of guys well uh as you know it, it's it's, it's, a real it's, it's really <laughs> difficult yeah and you know we ended up uh my goal was to come in and see if we couldn't turn it around, make a little bit of money, and then I'd get into private equity. So I'd I'd buy things that um, either needed some capital for growth, needed help with leadership, or uh, some strategic guidance, and turn them around, get them on good footing, keep them or flip them, you know, depending on what the business and the operators wanted. And so the goal was, could we go from three trucks and two employees doing maybe, you know, 200, 250,000 bucks and try to run it toward a million and then, you know, figure out what's next by a bowling alley or a gumball factory yeah. or a, you know, whatever it was, a taco stand, um, do those sandwich shops.
1: Um, yeah. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I now Is this yeah, the, this is I, the pensive
0: I, moment of, you know, uh, Oh, Hmm. Yeah. No, I
1: got, I got, well, I have a question for you. Um, this carpet cleaning company. So you did this, you, 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 act, is this the one that you ended up growing and having all the success with, or was this some, that, was that a different venture than the one that The you one and only. With? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: so the goal, uh, success was going to be, let's get to five trucks, 10, 15 employees, do a million, a million and a half bucks and, you know, go on to that next thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we screwed that up. Um, we ended <laughs> up, uh, with, I don't know, eighty or ninety trucks and 180 employees. Uh, we were doing about 18 million bucks, and I left the business. Um,
1: How many million? Uh, about 18, 18 annual dollars. Yeah, yeah, wow.
0: <laughs> doll hairs. <laughs> yeah, no dollars. Yeah, uh, American dollars. Um, Very nice. So I, I left the business. Um,
1: Hold on, I'm, uh, I'm just going to stop just for a second and, and yeah. you again. We're going to back up for everybody listening <laughs> because here's, here's what I know. I know as we talk, cause I just know, I know how it is. You're, you're going to say some stuff. You're going to give some advice to someone and they're not going to like it. Someone's going to listen to your advice and they're going to be like, ah, what's he know? Let me tell you what he knows guys. He knows how to build a service business to $18 million in annual revenue. And I bet you he'd even show you his tax records. I doubt it, but I'm just, I'm just saying, dude's the real deal. So the dude's the real deal. Carry on. Sorry, Mike. Well, that's just very impressive. And it's like, uh, I, when I hear that, I'm like, you know what? I don't know how the hell I can do it, but I could do that. I just don't know how yet. And that's kind of why like, I know you now. And, but we'll get into that in a bit.
0: Well, and it, you do have the mojo. Um, I, I know you can do it. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, you know, um, it, I had a lot of help. I had a lot of great people. I had some business partners. I we had a, an amazing team. You know, you can't do that kind of thing on your own, but um, we also uh, weren't the best. I mean, it it sounds weird to say we I've I met better operators. Um, mm-hmm. maybe we were more fearless or more reckless with capital or more aggressive with marketing, but you know, there there's plenty of competent people. It's it's about having goals and yeah. you know uh, trying to make them real. So, what, but you know, when we started out, our goal was you know let's just survive because we we bought this broken thing and wanted to kind of turn it around and get it on stable footing. And and I thought, well, so I'm going to be turning around businesses if I pursue private equity. I may as well spend you know two three years active in the business so that I you know can you know have a level of competence and authority if i'm going out and buying that bowling alley and trying to fix it so thought all right well i'll spend three years being active i ended up spending 12 because it turned into a lot bigger deal uh we were in uh minneapolis pittsburgh omaha st louis charlotte and savannah was that six
1: i think so now when you first got it was it in just one market or was it multiple at that point just Minneapolis, yeah. Okay. And yeah. How, how big was it revenue-wise when you took it over, when you first bought um, it? So we finished up, we bought
0: uh, September 18th of oh six, and we finished up 20, uh, 2006 at about 310000
1: Okay. So you didn't buy it at $17 million and grow it to $18 million over. <laughs>
0: I'm the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> no, no, we bought it about, about
1: 300,000. We bought it yeah. doing 20 million and grew. <laughs> now that's okay, that's good stuff. So keep going, keep going. So,
0: um you know, we it, it was a franchise, uh, it's a company called Zero Res, and uh, they've kind of figured out the secret sauce at this point. But when we bought it, I had this crazy notion that franchises. Uh, had all the answers. So you buy a Subway, they're gonna tell you how to cut your meat, what meat to put on what's sub, uh, they're gonna give you the bread and show you how to bake it in the oven they sold you. Yeah. At the store they helped you open. Um, Zero Rest was not quite like that. So um, they had this magic water. So you know carpet cleaning, you need something to attract the dirt. Um, they found uh, a water solution that, um, it's treated water, uh, treated with salt and electricity in a cool way that kind of breaks it down and creates a cleaning solution. And they said we could sell that. <laughs> and so they started a carpet cleaning franchise. They didn't really have that secret sauce about, you know, um how how to get the customers, how to engage with the customers, how to market the business, how to use had a, a ton wid- of money.
1: A widget, not a system, basically Is that kind of that's a smarter way of saying it. Yeah. They had a widget, not a system.
0: And so we we joined the franchise um Right before um, near collapse, near mutiny, you know, the, the natives were restless and uh, started uh, uh, preparing to, to fight the franchisor. And we had just spent way too much money on something that was completely broken. And so we helped quell the franchise uh, uprising and uh, said, let's get even, not mad, and started to work on the model, work on how do we get customers, how do we keep our trucks on the road, And how do we engage so that we can have an expectation of repeat business?
1: Wow. So there's a million questions to be asked here, and I'm probably going to do the worst thing and not ask you one about zero res just yet anyway. Excellent. Uh, Because I think a good host would be like, uh, hey, tell us how you built this. Tell us how you got there. But not this. That's no fun. What I want to know.
0: Predictable is no fun.
1: Am I right? I mean, did you watch Game of Thrones Saturday night or Sunday night? I mean, I, I, it was crazy. But anyway, no spoilers for anyone. Uh, did you ever buy a bowling alley? You talked, you've mentioned bowling alley like three or four times, and I can't imagine that's just an example. I feel like that's one of your bucket list items. Though. You
0: know, it. I haven't, but I've I've schemed about it. But there's this really badass bowling alley in St. Paul called Ranham. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine uh, runs it. Uh, they've got the bowling alley underneath. And then uh, the Minnesota staple, the Juicy Lucy is upstairs. Do you know Juicy Lucy's?
1: Well, uh, the, the hamburger?
0: Yeah. 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 So it's a, it invented in Minnesota. And, I did not know uh, that. My, well, all good things come from Minnesota. <laughs> um, except for you, sir. But, yeah, um,
1: good. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, they serve, uh, the big, bad juicy Lucy upstairs and they do the bowling alley downstairs, but I've committed to not buying into to any restaurant concepts except for yeah. Krispy Kreme.
1: Uh, exactly. that's kind of my
0: one carve out and I still probably won't do it
1: hmm. now. Uh, r- quickly, briefly. Why, why not? Or oh, why Krispy Kreme? Cause you like them or because something about the business model?
0: Oh no, the business model is terrible. Um, but that you've you've been to Krispy Kreme, right? You you've wanna, had the you hot wanna, fresh.
1: You want to own that that donut. I want the conveyor belt.
0: I want yeah. I want my little fried donuts cruising <sighs> through my rain of frosting and lard. Oh, and it would just it would be so special to me.
1: I'm not even joking. I'm not joking when I say this. Yeah, I daydream about winning the lottery. I don't play it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean like I've bought a lottery ticket before, but like I've probably bought like three lottery tickets in the last decade. You know, I, I don't play the lottery. But uh but I daydream about winning it nonetheless. And I'm like, if I won the lottery, I'd have like one of these giant mansions down on like A one A Highway down here in Florida, overlooking the ocean, where like I would have uh 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 what talk show host, Oprah Winfrey, she would be on one side. And then my other neighbor would be John Travolta and I'd be in the middle and it would be awesome. And down in my basement, I'm going to have one of those Krispy Kreme conveyor belts. And I don't mean like, a like not just one that would make it for my family. Like I want to be able to have like a party for like a hundred people and just freaking keep making donuts till everyone's sick. It would be awesome. (sighs) But I digress. Um,
0: I'm uh, I'm hopeful you get there.
1: <laughs> I, hope so, I would like I would like
0: to be one of your hundred guests and come eat yeah. donuts. Well,
1: you. you will be, and I mean, let's just face facts, and we'll get to it. And we'll talk more about our our relationship in a little bit, but but if I'm getting there, you're getting there, you know, right? I mean, that's that's how this works. So I'm I'm excited. I don't think I'm going to get there. Pressure washing, though, I think pressure washing is just step one. You know, we gotta get, we gotta we gotta we gotta build on this thing. But but I'm looking forward to it. So, um, Mike. Before I, I do want to talk about us. I do want to get into that. But uh, could you uh, could you share? This is an unfair question. Could you share a few um, principles and maybe not strategies or tactics, but a, but a principle or two or three, you know, that uh, that helped you have success, you know, and uh, you talked about risk earlier, you know, you've, you've talked to me a lot about that, how you, you're probably more risk tolerant than most people. I don't know if that's one of your principles that helped you succeed. Um, is it marketing first? Is it have the best technicians? Like what are some, some of the things that you really focus on that help you guys build and scale and grow like you did?
0: Boy, um, that's a a fair question. Um, or a strategy. Think, um,
1: I didn't ask yeah, you Yeah. Well, so, you
0: know, Yeah, no, no. no. Um, so I, I would say principle is a good one. Um, I, you know, it's going to be corny, but, um, we, the, our, our business was built on customer service. And so Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a big, uh, fan of the book "Raving fans. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of, uh, the golden rule. And Mm -hmm. if you kill them with kindness and obsess about your customers, I think good things happen. I think that I learned early on in the business that um, if you're going in and cleaning carpet or cleaning windows or you know whatever you're doing, um, the customer doesn't really remember what you did after, because all your competitors are going to do the same darn thing, some better, some worse. What's going to stick with them is how they felt after you did it. And so if you, uh, if you find moments to do show and tell, before and after um uh you know clean carpet next to dirty carpet if you can find moments so that they see you sweating if you can find moments so that they can see you um adding value um being kind to the puppy um nice to the kids um asking if you can help bring in the groceries when they pull up you know little things like that that's the stuff that sticks with them yeah. because you're you're building relationships and um the transactional part doesn't much matter um, because anybody can provide that. Anybody will provide that. You know, mm-hmm. some better, some worse. And you can be the best darn carpet cleaner out there and be totally forgettable. Yeah. Um, one statistic that I heard uh, that drew me into uh, the investment in the carpet cleaning company was, um, and this was from the early 2000s, but some Carpet Cleaning Institute did a survey of people who had had their carpet cleaned uh, in the last year, and they said that people within 90 days of cleaning. Um, 70% of people couldn't accurately by name, uh, pick out the company that had provided them service. So I gave 300 bucks to somebody and I forget their name. Yeah. And to me, that just said, there's no, no brands out there, no relationships out there. Yep. And it, it got me really excited.
1: Well, you know, there's another thing you kind of touched on it there for a second, but you talked more about service that, uh, that I want to add for you, cause I know I know it was a big an integral part of your success, but I listened to you on the Tommy Mello podcast. Uh, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, you you were on that. And you had told a story of, you, you were talking about basically, I don't know if you were using these terms, but character and integrity. And you had talked about just doing the right thing. And you had saw someone post on Facebook, you know, hey, who should I use for carpet cleaning at my house? And a bunch of people responded and said, hey, zero res, zero res. They were great. And one person said, "Uh, eh, I used them. They were okay. They, you know, the person didn't trash you, but they were like, yeah, they were all right. And the, it was like a, someone that had used you like a year or two prior. And you actually called the woman and said, hey, wh- what, what was it that was just all right? Like, how, why did we not wow you? And she told you why. So I think you said it was the stairs or something, but it's irrelevant. Something wasn't amazing for her. And you asked her, Hey, can I just come out and take care of it for you? No, no charge. And I thought, you know, yeah, that's service. But I think that's also integrity because whenever you sit there and you say you're going to give them the best experience and you say, you're going to, you know, do great things for them. Um, you need to mean it. And props to you, Mike, for that. Uh, that, that was lots, lots of respect um, from me on that. And, and I'm positive that that type of principle also had a huge part of your success because when you do the right things, when no one's looking, you're also going to get caught doing the right thing when people are looking too. And, uh, and that, that works. So.
0: Well, I I appreciate that. And you got to think about, uh, your business as having two customers. So one customer pays you and they own the home that you're cleaning Mm -hmm. and the other customer works with you Mm -hmm. and they're your team, your employees. And, you got to impress both customers and you got to try and get caught doing the right thing by both customers. And if we let that kind of thing go and we don't reach out on Facebook, that sets the tone. And if we do set the tone and we teach people, uh, the way that we want to roll and, uh, that we want them to, you know, figure out how to make people happy, no matter the cost, um, that sets up a customer service call center, and field ops, uh, very, very differently.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's in that principle. I mean, good Lord, we could talk about that forever, but that's not just a business thing. That's like, if your kids see you not being ethical, uh, look out, you know what I mean? If your friends see that people know what to expect from you. And if they're uh, beneath you, isn't really the word I'm looking for, but like with your children and stuff, people that you're responsible for, if they see you, um, Allowing things that you shouldn't allow, they're very likely to allow those same things. So that's that's good stuff, and uh, that's one of the best, uh, uh, probably my favorite answer I've had on a tactic or a strategy to be successful. Because usually it does have to do with marketing or whatever, which obviously marketing is extremely important. But, <laughs> but good stuff. So good stuff. Virtual fist bump.
0: The, thank you. And the irony is, you're the one who gave that principle. So maybe that's why you loved it so much. Oh, yeah. You told the story you brought out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know what? It's who I try to be. I'm, I'm a lot of things. I'm an asshole is one of them. Uh, you know, uh, overreactor sometimes can be one of them. And I, I try to be a good guy too. You know, I, I try to do, do the right thing. I want to be, uh, you know, when I'm dead, uh, you know, I want, I want people to have, I don't want people to have to lie at my funeral. I'll just put it that way. So When, I, when you're stone cold? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> when I'm Stone Cold, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I have the shirt. I have an Austin 316 shirt. And uh, I, uh, I the first time I wore it, I wore it to Universal Studios because, you know, I'm here in Orlando and it's awesome. And I just go there on a Tuesday night for fun. And I actually had, of course, they knew I was not the real Stone Cold. But I literally had a woman ask if her son could take a photo with me because I had an <laughs> Austin 316 shirt. It was, it was a lot of fun. So. That's awesome. So... We're going to change gears and we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, I'm actually excited about this. I want to talk about me, of course, but I'm I'm going to share with, uh, with the listeners what, what's happening in my business and how you and Michael Dahlke are a part of that. Um, what you guys are going to bring to the table. I actually want to talk about some of your hesitations, you know, like, uh, some of the, the yellow flags that you guys uh, may have had and, and you know because everything's not just always hunky-dory when we're looking into these things and kind of like how deals happen and and stuff like that but before I do I have a question that I ask most of my guests and I thought it would be appropriate to ask you right now in between these two segments if you will because I've never been able to ask this to someone that has a degree in, psych- or in psychology and in philosophy uh, I think this is super cool so oh boy, Michael This is a fight to the death, okay? Fight to the death. There's no breaks. There's no rules. There's no time limits. Nothing, okay? Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses all at once? To the death. Wow. I think that the horses... like I, the little I, horse, the little duck sized horses. Yeah. Yeah. But tell me why I, I, I don't want, I don't want to I, like steer you on this. I, I feel like I could, I could speed past them and I could kick them and yeah. I,
0: I grew up playing soccer and I think that would be really satisfying.
1: Okay. I see. I think you're the first guest that's ever said that everyone else always goes with the one horse sized duck. And I'm thinking you got Dan Plata, you know, Dan, you're, Dan went with the horse-sized duck. I'm I'm going to get stomped. Yeah, you're going to get stomped or beat to death. You realize how big a horse-sized duck's foot would be? It'd be the size of a car. And Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Gabe Torres, you know Gabe? He chose the big duck. I don't. And like their mouths, they've got like these rows of like teeth things. It's crazy. So anyway, and I feel so much better about our partnership, knowing that you. Do things the right way, I, that's, that's all I gotta say. So, awesome!
0: You're at investigative journalism, you're asking the tough questions. <laughs> I, I appreciate you all the more.
1: Oh, god, I that's I can now I can mark off one of my things. I had philosophy/slash ducks and horses written down, and uh, that is now off my
0: list. <laughs> so, so, oh, you were talking about yellow flags, uh,
1: yeah. So, before <laughs> let, let, let's let's jump into that. So, here's the deal, uh. I, I got to know Michael Dalky, which again, you and you and he, uh, really good friends, business partners. Um, you guys have invested in a number of service businesses. Uh, it, is there a number you want to share on that? Like how many of them you've got out there? Or is that we're,
0: um, we're getting close to ten. Uh, we've been playing. So we we started a private equity firm, and what we are doing is a little atypical for investors, but we are uh, seeking out home service companies, um, because Mike Dulkey, he's grown many a home service company, I've grown many a home service company, it's kind of our fastball. Mm -hmm. And we are trying to find uh, the right people, the right entrepreneurs, the right founders, uh, the leaders, and help them. Help them with capital, help them with strategy, help them with leadership. And our primary job is to help but stay out of the way. And so we're providing growth capital, and strategy, and um, I think we've got seven or eight uh, businesses we've invested thus far, and um, it's been going on since since LF Sierra, so uh, since June of last year.
1: Nice. So for for the listeners that maybe don't quite understand or don't grasp exactly what this would mean, um, so you, you own a company, you know, this fictitious you. So the listener, I'm talking to you here, you own a company and you own 100% of this company. Uh, you could seek out an investor um, for multiple things. To, they could help you with mul- in multiple ways. Typically there's uh, monies involved in that, but leadership, guidance, strategies involved in that. So you could say, okay, I'm going to sell X percent of my company to you it might be, it could be 1%, it could be 99%, it could be anywhere in between. And you guys, you know, you evaluate your company, you determine your company's worth X, and then they, then you determine, all right, they're going to buy Y% of your company. And then there's a cash exchange and some, some agreements and things like that, that good, Get put in place, and then once the deal's done, you handshake, you sign a couple pieces of paper, and and then you uh, kind of move on with life and try to conquer the world together. That's kind of how that works. And um is that a fair, like really rough in a nutshell kind of explanation for for those that yeah maybe don't quite yeah you, you, you know
0: well, I I've looked at um I, hey I'll, I'll be honest I I won the lottery I'm extremely blessed extremely fortunate. I've got runway uh, to play investor. Um, I don't have a day job. Um, I'm out working with entrepreneurs, and um, we sit down and we we try to find out what the right path for uh, uh, you know how to best uh, scratch the itch that they have. So yeah. if if everything's working perfectly, there's no no need to bring on partners unless you think it's more fun,
1: yeah. and
0: it can be. But most businesses are in need of something, so if, if you're growing so fast, you need equipment, great. You can go get a loan. Um, you can borrow money from friends, you can borrow money from a bank, you can uh, borrow money from you know, uh, a, a leasing company. There's a lot of ways to do it. If you need strategy, you need guidance, you need business assistance, you can hire a consultant. Um, you can join a, a CEO roundtable or you know a peer group uh conquer group. You know, there there's a whole lot of different ways to um get where you want to go. Um but with consulting typically they're extracting money from the company. They're handing you a binder and saying, here are all the great things you need to go do. And they're saying, great, have a good day. Mm -hmm. And they walk away. Um, Lenders aren't typically helping you figure things out. Um, You know, with consulting, at least you get the binder that tells you where to go. Lenders are just giving you money. Um what what we've done is kind of smushed the two together and said, listen, we're not gonna tell you what to do, but wisdom comes with winters. We've got a lot of experience. Um uh we've we've been in all sorts of situations. And we're rather than extracting money from the company, we put money into the company. We reach an agreement with our partners about how things are gonna be done, about what our role is. Um, and our role is board of directors. You know, we're gonna be able to say no to certain crazy things, you know, hey, I want to go spend a hundred thousand dollars on a a yacht. That's probably <laughs> not within the purview of the yeah. business operator. But short of that, um, you know, we we come up with what a reasonable, you know, yeah, you, you play Monopoly, you come up with the rules before you start playing, mm-hmm. before you start rolling. We do that. And then we're there to help. Yeah. And well. it's a ton of fun. I mean, it, watching businesses grow and being able to um, help them win. And we don't get paid if, if the investment doesn't work. So totally contrary to the way typical relationships with consulting or banking work.
1: So you did a much better job explaining that than me, but who's keeping score? Who's keeping score? I don't know. Not me. Uh, We, we both like the small ducks, so I'm good. (laughs) One zero. So, So here's, here's where we are today. I, uh, actually, uh, reached out to, um, to you guys back it was late december early january and uh said hey i'm interested in talking to you guys about this cuz i knew you guys were interested in uh doing this with some some small businesses and and we started the conversation and and it, actually it was like i said hey i'm a little interested and you guys were like okay boom let's do this 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 have this conversation let's look at this form let's talk about all this stuff and i'm like whoa that's i don't know if, I think I was just talking. I don't know that I was really ready, you know, and I had to back up because I think you sent me an email like two or three weeks later and you're like, Hey Bob, you still out there? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm still here. I'm just like, I've worked really hard on this business and and I don't know that I want to do this. You know, I had to like really process, um, you know, I'm like part of me kind of thought when I said that, like you guys would be like, yeah, Bob, we're not really interested in you. And I'd, kind of thought that's what it might be. And, and we move on, but you guys like, yeah, let's have this conversation. And, and it kind of scared me because I'm like, man, I don't know that I want to give, not give, but you know, I don't know that I want to give part of my company away. I don't know. You know, I worked so hard for this. I should, you know, uh, I should be able to reap all of the reward when the time comes. And, and it was about four months of, uh, uh, it was probably three months of me just having kind of some internal, um, conversations, um, you know, with myself, with my son, with my wife, you know, my son, who's, who's my partner as well. And, um, and then uh, I I came back to you and I'm like, yeah, I think I like the idea. Let's see if we can make something happen. And, and, uh, so from that point, there was probably a month and, um, uh, you know, fast forward, we've come to a deal and, and we are now the world's greatest partners and I'm excited about that. But in between that, you know, it, uh, there was, um, I don't know that there was a lot. It was actually simpler than I thought it would be. But one thing I thought might be interesting to talk about on here, we'll just air my dirty laundry. Um, I don't even know what it all is. I know a little bit of it, but you guys have people that you're potentially going to invest in take these. There's like a personality <clears throat> test and there's another one. What What is that? The, another one? It's not a personality test, but it's kind of like how you do stuff and how you produce and, and what, I'll let you explain that a little more in detail here in just a second. But I took these things, sent them off. I actually just coincidentally had a, a meeting with Mike uh, Dolkey the next day. And he goes, Hey man, did you look at the results on those tests? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I took the test. I told it what I am. I, I, I didn't look at it. And he goes, you know, it's interesting, Bobby. Uh, you're sitting here cause Mike, he's been my business coach. So he's like, you know, you and I are talking about these struggles you're having. And uh, it's just so funny that once you sent me those results, it's like, Oh, Of course he's having these struggles because he sucks at this shit. And uh, he goes, out of all the people we've ever sent this to, on this one thing over here, you scored higher than we've ever seen anyone. And not like high in a good way. It's just like, you know, you can be an extreme or or not extreme in certain areas. He's like, you're very extreme, kind of like on the strategic side, but when it comes to implementing stuff, you just don't do shit. And I'm like, wow, Mike, that was very hurtful. And, and <laughs> I don't know what to think. Inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, it's Inaccurate. Yeah. And, but it was like, once I start, so I go back and I start reading those things. Cause I always, I never knew if there was a lot of value, but I start reading them and I'm like, this is good stuff. Kind of understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. And it's like, now it makes sense why I was dealing with so much anxiety and stress and things trying to deal with certain stuff because I was getting stuff done I mean I was producing and I was growing but god I hate so much of it you know and and over the last two months or so uh now that I've been trying to work within my strengths and delegate my my weaknesses it's like life is so much different and so much better and happier but but um but in saying all of that, that was my attempt to segue to, uh, you know, uh, Dolkey had said, yeah, Bob, um, me and Kaplan, were talking about this, um, you know, we, we like what you got going. And, and, you know, we definitely believe in you, but, but there's some yellow flags and some things like that. What are some things, and let's just get personal, and, and uh, you know, what are some things that could keep you from potentially wanting to invest in someone? And what were some of those bumps that you needed to get over uh, on the Bobby Walker thing? Or is, that too, is well, that too mean of a question? Is like, are you going to crush me on this? This is my I podcast. You know, I can't, I can't crush you, crushing you. I don't know if that worked.
0: It's funny in the movie. Yeah, um, it's funny in the movie. So there, there's uh, there, you know, if, if someone's a psychopath, I mean, uh, that that would be an easy one. <laughs> no ability to show empathy. No. Um, so. The biggest hurdle, and you kind of described it a little bit, the biggest hurdle that we need to overcome is it needs to be the right fit for the business owner and for the business and for us. Mm -hmm. So if there have been a handful of deals where we've said, boy, I'd love to invest in this thing, but it's not what the guy needs. Mm -hmm. It's not the right fit. Um, they just need, uh, you know, to bring in a finance person or a different accountant, or they need a, to, to rework their loan structure. Um, and what uh, I always tell the joke, um, uh, sorry, if anybody calls and wants to go through the investment process and I tell this joke again, because I will. It's not actually funny. Um, but um, do you know why divorces are so expensive? I, yeah, no, Why? they're fucking worth it right (laughs) and i told you that joke yeah you did (laughs) i i I, I wouldn't lie to you i mean this is the shtick but Mm -hmm. um i tell that joke because what it means to me is let's not get married if we're if we're not a great fit yeah you and i we you know we spent a handful of months getting to know each other you and dalkey spent a lot of time getting to know each other, but we were able to figure out what's what as best we can, what the business needs. You weren't just looking for cash. If you just needed cash, there's a whole lot better ways. I mean, I know plenty of people who would, you know, loan you money. Um, they're terrible judgment on their part, but, um, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to get cash, but if that were your goal, you know, uh, granting someone part of your company, is so short-sighted yeah. when all you need is cash. If you just needed strategy, um, you know, different you know, different need, same story. There's a lot cheaper ways to get a strategic component. You, you wanna take over the world. I mean, in our first conversation we said, well, you know, what if we did 30 million and we're in 15 cities and I mean, you, you've got big plans. You were looking for people who've done it before, and success to me in your business is how can we help you achieve your goals. It's mm-hmm. not we need to go to fifteen million. I've invested in you know much smaller companies than yours that you know their goals to do a million and a half bucks and not have to you know be on a truck, yeah, and have a team in place, and that's a beautiful goal. And if we run it um, from three hundred thousand up to a million and a half. Uh, doing things, you know, blocking and tackling and things we know, uh, that make sense. That's going to be a win. It's finding that alignment. That's, that's the biggest challenge. And, um, a lot of people lie to themselves. Um, b- they, uh, they tell themselves what they think they should be saying or they tell you what they think you want to hear. Yeah. Um, and that type of misalignment, that's, that's another big flag. Um, we're, we're really trying to figure out and you can't, You can't know if you're marrying the perfect girl, right? Yeah. You you need to date. You need to check it out. You need to do the best you can to try to figure out where you want to go. And a lot of times things get messy. You bring in kids, you bring in money, um, you bring in uh, big life decisions. And, you know, sometimes you have to get divorces. Um, We try to find all of the things that could go wrong and push on them and figure out all of the things uh, or many of the the, the other ways to solve the problems and see if those are a better fit before investing because yeah. divorces are really painful and expensive.
1: They're really worth and it. We'd like really to avoid that. Hurt. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, and for me, you, you actually gave a great analogy, uh, you know, back in like that month one, when I ended up, uh, well I'll call it cold feet, you know, when I kind of got cold feet early on and, um, and, and for the listeners, I know you know this, uh, Mike, but for the listeners, um, it wasn't like cold feet of would I wanna do something with these guys? It was do I wanna do this at all? You know, it's like it wasn't uh uh it wasn't a, a Donkey and Kaplan issue. It was just more of like, you know, gosh, is this the right thing for me and, and, and for my son and my wife and and uh, you had thrown out an analogy that I just Ran through my head so much, and he said, "Bobby, sometimes you just gotta kind of come to a point where you're like, like, do you want to own 100% of a grape, or like 75% of a watermelon?'" And I thought, you know, that's a really, really good way to put it. And what caused us to pull the trigger, you know? So when I, as I'm talking to Melissa and Caleb, um, we we ran numbers, we got spreadsheets out, and we just, you know, just calculators, and just said, "Okay, here's where I think we can get." You know, I think if we have Uh, Michael and Michael on board, or if we don't, I think we can get to here. Now, where can we get with these guys? And we're thinking, I think we could probably get to the same place with these guys. I mean, I think we're good. I think the difference is we can get there cheaper. We can get there a lot faster and achieve our same goals in life. And that was kind of, you know, the, the deal with us is I think I could probably own that, 75% of a watermelon, you know, or that, that much of, of something, um, without you, but it might take me twice as long to get there and a whole lot more heartache and pain and suffering along the way. And I saw a couple of guys that not only had the experience and the, the resources to help me get there, but also had the heart. Um, you know, I, I, I know you guys through other people that I really respect and trust and. And that that's really kind of what helped, you know, if I was going to just simplify it, it was like, I felt we felt that we could achieve our same goals or greater in less time working with you guys. And that's that's really what did it for us is, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, my dream, like I have a dream board at my office and on that dream board, there's a condo overlooking the ocean. There's um, like an an image that represents time with my family. There's an image of a roller coaster on there. There's a fruity drink on the beach on there. There's not an image of 100% ownership in a company. That image just wasn't on there. And um, so once I kind of crossed that line and said, you know what, it just doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. But there was one thing that that percentages did come into play that did matter to me. And I'm like, you know, and I'm not saying this is the percentage that I own. I'm just, but this was the point though, is uh, 51% did matter to me. Cause it's like, there's a lot of things that don't matter, but not working for someone did matter. You know, I'm like, I'm doing this thing and I'm doing it. So I don't have to answer to some ass hat in a corporate office with, with a spreadsheet that doesn't understand why the number's not very big. (laughs) So I was like, I'm not going to go to 49% for sure. You know, but, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, if I can achieve my goals and if I can be my boss, that, those are the two criteria.
0: And truthfully, uh, percentages in terms of control don't matter. I mean, you could own one percent and have complete veto control. But what our model requires is that the entrepreneur feel like it's their business. I mean, if if I told my wife, "Hey, honorable I'm going to go run this pressure washing thing out in Florida," uh, I'm not saying she divorced me, but she would not be happy with me. And <laughs> I, you know, and we're doing this thing all over the country. I'm I'm trying to invest with uh, my partner in the right people Mm -hmm. with the right market opportunity and let them run. And give them the tools to run faster. And you said it, I mean, I absolutely believe you could do, uh, achieve all of the things on your vision board and all of your goals in whatever business you set your mind to because you're a sharp dude. And the question I think for me was, can I add value? can I help? I've, you know, when I left, uh, my last business, I was personally buying about $2 million a year in radio. Now that that's some experience. Um, we, I had a team, uh, that was out kicking ass for me. Um, we were, you know, clean and big numbers, you know, our biggest individual day in Minnesota. Um, and you know, we, uh, I don't know uh, across all our bases what the biggest day was, but it was about sixty thousand bucks in a day and that that was a big deal yeah. um it wasn't one job it was you know doing a bunch of residential jobs we had scale and to get there, we had to fuck up a whole lot <laughs> and i mean <laughs> you you don't we didn't buy a high functioning company we yeah. we built one and it wasn't you know extremely high functioning but you know we built one and the wheels didn't fall off and so I, I'm I'm glad that uh, we were able to figure out you know what you wanted, what your business wanted, and family wanted, mm-hmm. and have that overlap with what we wanted. Yeah. Um, and it would I'm I'm glad you see it as an investment in you, not trying to to puppet you or take control because we wouldn't be winning. Yeah. You know, we'd just buy the company if that were the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be that'd be really arrogant. Your business is built on your horsepower. And that's what we invest in, not in your client list and your uh, equipment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And you said it while you were talking about failure. You know, uh, or I think your the quote was fucked up a lot along the way. And I yeah. was, yesterday, Sunday afternoon, I was having a conversation with my youngest son. And it, he was doing this little trivial task, something silly, just a, just a little task around the house. And he got frustrated and I was like, dude, I ain't helping you with it. Go do it. And he's like, but dad, I can't this and I can't that. And I'm like, bro, go do it. I'm not helping you. I don't want to talk about it. Go do it, you know? And uh, and for me, it wasn't like laziness. I was wanting him to like figure it out, you know, learn learn those skills. And then I had this long conversation with him afterwards about, uh, I said, dude, you failed at that. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, well, you no timeout. I'm like, "Here, here's the problem. You failed when, you know, like the task was a failure when... Couldn't figure it out. You failed when you quit, you know, and, and there's kind of like two types of, of failures and there's like a fel- failing at a task. And then there's just like, just being a failure. And you chose to be a failure because you just gave up on that. And I had to come in and assist you. Did you see how I figured it out? And he's like, well, how'd you figure it out? And I'm like, well, you tell me your way didn't work. So I found something. And did that work? He goes, no. So I said, then what did I do? Cause you found something else. And I go, bingo that's what I did was I found something else and you know so I I taught him like the raptor lesson from Jurassic Park I swear to god I did not plan on saying that but I'm wearing the Jurassic Park shirt I said you remember the raptors in Jurassic Park they kept attacking that electric fence but they wouldn't attack it in the same spot and they were eventually looking for the weak spot and they so they never failed they failed in an attempt failed in an attempt failed in an attempt and eventually they got through and they succeeded as as a as a raptor or as a person and Telling that whole story about my son um, and and what you were talking about, it's like I know I still have a lot of failures between where I'm at and where I want to be, but um, I think I'm going to be able to have less of them because I get to learn from the ones that you guys have had. You guys have got some skin in the game with this business, and, and I'm really excited to have, uh, to have you guys on the team, to be honest with you. So I, I told that whole story to try to sound cool and say – I hope I I hit that electric fence a few less times than than I would have needed to had you weren't on board. Well, so.
0: And and I I trust you, and Doggy trusts you. And the are we, are we having a had, moment
1: right now? Because like when you said that, I feel like our eyes just locked, and you were like, I was like, "Do you trust me?" And you were like, "I trust
0: <laughs> you." Ah, I trust sorry. you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i
0: feel if you if you edit this, play the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. <laughs>
1: no edits. Keep going.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, this got weird. Um, yeah. So, um, what I would say to that is um, that we do have alignment, and we're still gonna fuck up. Yeah. What I think what's gonna shift is how you look at the opportunities and challenges, and um, you're gonna maybe use different math. And we're going to use our uh, investable capital, like bullets, and we're going to fire some bullets. We're going to screw up. But um, have you ever read um, "Great by Choice?" No, nope. I think it's saying "Great by Choice." Anyway, Jim Collins' great book. And he talks about how um, uh, naval ships, you know, back in the day, they'd, they'd before firing their big cannonballs, they they'd fire, you know, rifle, 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 get their aim true and then fire the cannonball. Hmm. So let, let's go out, we'll fire some bullets. And then when, when we get our aim true, and we've made the mistakes and we know where to go, we're gonna throw fuel on that fire, throw the cannonballs at it, right? Yeah. Um, and we're gonna use different math. We're gonna use, um, you're gonna be able to cheat because uh, you'll say, hey, how did ABC work? And I'll say, uh, okay, you know, I, I don't know if it's gonna work or not, but here's my story about What happened to me in a similar circumstance, and then you go out and make your own dumb decision. So um, it it, it's a lot of fun, and the only the really only requirement that we have is uh, when investing in people is that it's somebody I want to have a beer with or a coffee with, someone I'd want to spend time with,
1: someone Um, that you'd want to have some business talk, bourbon and bullshit, all you know, just just hanging out, yeah, something crazy like that. Yeah. Triple B. Triple I'm B up. in Tennessee. <laughs> for for those not on the inside joke, it's just a little event called Business Bourbon and Bullshit. I actually uploaded some videos on my YouTube channel uh when I was down in Tennessee and Tennessee in the last event, but it's it's a very elite group, uh uh hand hand picked and selected by uh Docky and Kaplan. And uh, I feel super cool to be in it. So just feel bad that you're not. That's all I gotta say. So so Kaplan talk uh I don't know. T- tell me a little bit about some of your goals outside, you know, not with my company, but uh, the investment thing, kind of where you guys are going next, what you want to do, you know, what what's the future look like for Booyah Capital Partners?
0: Well, we've got kind of two, uh, two verticals, as I'll call them. So two different uh, sales channels. So one is home service companies, small, uh, typically small. They're ranging between... and we'll say $5 million. Mm -hmm. So some small, some not so small. Helping them uh, when they're stuck or they need cash to grow, they need strategy, leadership, et cetera. uh, Giving them some money to to go fire some bullets with and see what we can grow. And I could see that growing into a, a real cool basket of companies. Um, The second vertical we have is um, bigger companies um, looking to uh, unstick them from whatever ails them. So things that are broken. We'd love to buy high-functioning companies, um, but uh, thus far we've been focused on things that uh, are stuck or broken, are not high-functioning, and uh, we, we help them with our our labor, we help them uh, with our capital and we help them with our strategy.
1: And so, what's a, big, what's a bigger company? So if the smaller ones are 300 to 5 million, what's a, a what's the bigger companies? Well, you
0: know, down the road, I, I'd love to be working with, you know, a hundred million or billion dollar deals. I'm not that cool. Um, yeah. So uh, right now we're investing in a company that uh, did about 9.4 million last year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's an electrician firm, electrical contractors. And we think we can add a lot of value because um, the money we're investing is way less important than the strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, We think that they've got an opportunity to clean up operations, uh, cut some waste, um, clean up their financials uh, and their processes to unlock some value um, and free up some capital, uh, pivot out of certain uh, sales funnels and into others. And so we're, you know, we're, we're buying a stake in, in the company. We're investing in the entrepreneurs
1: and try to, you know, get
0: them on the right track.
1: That's cool. So how it's so much fun. How do you typically find a deal? Is it kind of like what happened with us? Like just you, you, you some, you know, get a relationship with someone through circumstance and it's like, that's the right guy. Or uh, like, I actually, I have another friend that uh, Ryan Edrington, who just kind of coincidentally uh you guys have have done a deal with him and uh he's he doesn't live too far from me but like how, how do how'd ryan get in touch with you guys What what's the plan are you looking for people like to come to you are you going to them only how's that work well
0: we have a pretty strong community I, on the home service side um we're not we're not having to, you know, market or go out and, you know, bang down doors. Uh, we've got a pretty cool network, uh, having been in home service for 12 years and Delky for what eight years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're just we're both tied in. Uh, we're building relationships and trying to, um, you know, put out value and uh, find value. And so I've been on a couple of podcasts, like you said, I was on Tommy Mello's podcast, I was on Josh Latimer's podcast. Um, and, uh, just in talking to people, you know, about my story and what I do, um, the phone rings, um, and you know, I know all your listeners are going to call and say, Hey, dipshit, uh, you, you, you can't help me. Can you? Um, So, um, who, who knows? I mean, I, I talked with a guy today who runs a Mr. Sandless franchise in, uh, South Carolina and it's not the right fit for me. Um, not really looking for businesses uh, in in his certain circumstances, but I got on the phone uh, with Josh Latimer and said, "Hey, I got this cool dude um i'm he's not the right fit for investment, but he's really looking to to improve his business game like he gets the technology he gets the service the artisan thing, but can we?" can we help? Um, is, is there a way to, you know, find a business owner? And he said, Oh, you know, one of my partners at send Gym, uh, ran a massive flooring company. Let's get him in touch. And the dude was totally up for it. And, you know, 20 minutes after my call, I had introduced the two and they're yes. going to chat. Nice. And, you know, so it, I figure, you know, if, if I just put out value and try to be a cool dude and try to help where I can help, um, uh, karma will bring leads yeah. and thus far it's done it. And through business vermin and bullshit uh, we've actually uh, found a handful of folks who have been interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have closed deals, some have not yet. Um, but you know, the triple B is basically it's a business workshop where uh, once a quarter uh, we're meeting with other business operators. We're not selling a damn thing, yeah. uh, but we're bringing a really, insightful accomplished group together small businesses big businesses um you know one of the guys there uh last time had just you know uh closed a a five million dollar deal um in the uh, the beverage industry and he got a a commission on that and it was a massive commission and you know another guy was doing you know a hundred thousand bucks in air duct cleaning, and uh, you know, was a solopreneur living the dream and trying to figure out, all right, how, how can I stay on a truck but stabilize my business? So, mm-hmm. all different sorts. And the value is by bringing those different personalities and perspectives together to get them jamming on business. And through that activity, bringing those people in the room, we've had a uh, pretty cool deal flow from that. But, you know, it's not about, I, I kind of feel like if you chase dollars, uh, you end up, uh, way further behind than if you go out and, and just try to have fun and do good, and that, you know, in my world right now, doing that has led to a lot of deals.
1: That's cool. Well, let me ask you this: I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you want oh boy. Uh, do do you want to uh, put out? Can people get in touch with you? I mean, is is that something that's on the table? Like, do you have a a way for guys oh, to get yeah. out to you and contact you? And if so, what is that?
0: I'd I I'd love to have conversations about businesses and if I can help, uh, great. If I can invest, even better, if it's the right fit. But so we we renamed the company Booyah Capital Partners uh, because it's awesome. <laughs> and it gives just, us a chance to- Just
1: because of that. Just because it's awesome. Booyah. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, it's gotta be fun. Um, yeah. But uh, our website, uh, we used to call ourselves Red Hook Investments. And we've not updated the website yet, uh, so we just made the name change, <laughs> and set up the LLC, and it's a long, boring story. But um, RedHookInvestments is the way you reach me. Um, right. And there's a little form there. It's a super simple uh, website that you'd never find, but for the Bobby Walker Ninja Podcast.
1: Love it, love it, Ninja. I'm more of like a I, more of a wrestler, even though I can't wrestle. Like if I was, I wouldn't be a ninja or a pirate. I'd just be a wrestler. I don't know. Okay.
0: Yeah. Awfully literal of you, but I, I got you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one bombed. All right. Well, listen, man, do you have uh, any brief parting words like a do hard things, you know, Josh Latimer thing, or like just, you know, work really hard or, you yeah, know, I don't know. What, what do you got for our guys? Like one little tidbit that you can explain in 15 seconds that will result in a hundred grand of extra revenue for them this year.
0: Wow, that, there's no pressure there, right? Yeah, hundred grand,
1: one little thing. Um, I was being a little like facetious with that, but just just okay. do you, have, do you have any uh, nuggets for anyone before we get out of here? I I
0: would just I, I would ask everyone to try and grow four inches when they're they're talking with customers. Just own it. You know, put on your superhero cape. Know that you're the smartest guy in the room about the thing you're selling. Respect your price, and always ask for the big sale.
1: boy that was that was terrible no that was great don't do any of that crap no that was awesome yeah i love it (laughs) you know in all seriousness uh it's like the little shit right that makes a difference i mean there's there's a certain time in business where like all this strategy comes into play but but man for the first first couple of miles it's just like work really hard ask for it go for it you know just 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 do it right i mean that's kind of it there at the beginning at least
0: here's my little story we um i would always talk with uh my technicians and they'd hate it um but i i would ask them you know do you want to make an extra you know 2500 bucks this year and of course they're going to say yes and my methodology uh to doing that was all right you're on average um going to be in 60 homes a month and i I don't have my whiteboard in front of you, so I think this math works, but you're gonna be in sixty homes a month um because you're working four or five days a week, you know, do the math, et cetera um, and I'm gonna ask you to do that thirty bucks at a time to make a couple extra grand so the what I'm saying is go out and sell spot treatment kits, so you're in there, you're selling a three hundred dollar carpet cleaning. Add the last thirty dollars and You know the only foolproof way to get a specific result to a sales conversation is to never let them know you sell something. It's 100% effective at not getting a sale, right? Mm -hmm. So my pitch is bring in the damn spotter kit. It's a little, you know, thing of powder with a little squirty bottle, shrink wrapped with a $10 gift card for their next cleaning. And we had a cool little pitch and cool, you know, you got free refills for life, money back guarantee for life, 30 years down the road, you didn't like it, we'll give you 30 bucks back. You get $10 off your next cleaning, so it costs you 20 bucks. It's And it's the same product we're using to clean your home today. So it sells itself, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're doing a good job, you can sell multiple of them. But if you figure if you could get like 40% of people to say yes, because you brought the damn thing in, you're gonna make an extra couple grand this yeah. year. And just doing that little thing, repetitively and letting people know what you do. You know, we, I, my favorite moment, um, you know, I had a falling out with my business partner and, you know, a longer story than, uh, I know you were trying to wrap up, but, um, uh, one of my favorite moments that still makes me smile is, um, he got a customer service call back when we were, you know, hustling and bustling and we we're doing a couple of million bucks and, you know, hair's always on fire, just getting our ass kicked. And um, you got a call saying, oh, my gosh, Tim did just the best job cleaning my carpet. You know what you guys should do uh, that would make you a lot of money? I would love it if you cleaned couches. Sometime you guys should figure out how to clean couches and come clean our couch. We clean couches. <laughs> we, we absolutely – he's got all the equipment. He knows how to do it. Yeah. But, you know, it was 180 bucks. he didn't ask for. It, yep. But yep. it, it just – You got to ask. It's 100. You. of the time you will get no sale if you don't ask if you if they don't know you do the service. So think about those moments in your world and and make that little shift mm -hmm. and just be consistent about it. Track the shit out of it and uh, you'll make millions. For
1: for the listeners out there I've got a video on my YouTube channel. I think it's titled why you should always trust your systems or always trust your systems and uh, you shouldn't always because they do break as you grow but the, the the spirit of it's true and it talks about the very same thing basically is once you find something that works you, you go to the well every time until that son of a bitch dries up you know just always go back to it don't stop and um and it works so listen i'm gonna sign off with this but michael this has been awesome i know i'm gonna have you back on here again next time here can are you cool with making a commitment to the listeners next time we're, we're going full Joe Rogan experience. We're gonna have about you know three beers in us before we get this thing started, and we're just gonna kind of have a really good time. And we're gonna to have to agree to no edits. So it's like whatever happens, it stays on there for record forever. We gotta move forward. Can we do that?
0: Count me count me in, man. Okay, count so me in,
1: guys. Listen, Bobby Walker, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. You can find us with that name on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes. It's good stuff, if I say so myself. And I just want to sign off by saying this, if you're not doing the things that you want to do, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.